Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. All right, guys, it's here. Finally, after two and a half years of waiting, two and a half years of doing this podcast, pretty much just to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> we finally got some more Guardians of the Galaxy. We got number two. So I say we do a quick non-spoilery section just for those of you who might be tuning in who haven't had a chance to see it yet, just to give our general thoughts. And then we're going to do uh, just a deep... Deep first impressions dive into what we thought of all of the spoilery stuff. So give your uh, general opinion. What'd you think, Jeff? I thought it was fantastic. I... It was it was a fitting sequel. It was a logical progression from one to two, and it was so worth every second of waiting. I completely agree. I think it was wonderful. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we have an accord. Yeah. I think that... Uh, if you liked the first one, you'll love this one. Um, it's 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 wonderful. It's got lots of great humor, uh, lots of great touching moments, and every character gets developed in a really interesting yeah. way. I notice I, I notice that every character had their own solid, good, like recognizable and logical arc, except for like, one, and we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> But that was still fine as well. Like, there's not, not, it wasn't a problem, but there was one character that did not get an arc, uh, I felt. Um, yeah. But, okay. but they all, it really was just really well done. He, the, the, and the villain was a surprise. The, everything was very interesting to me, and I just, I just loved it. Um, <clears throat> it's just, yeah, it's, it's a classic sci fi movie at this point. Like, it really is. It's, it's the, it's the new awesome space opera. This is our generation's, like Chris Wisdom said um, from the Breaking the Panel podcast, this movie franchise is this generation's Star Wars. Now that's a uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weight that comes with that statement. I don't know that this will have the. <sighs> to me, it's better than Star Wars ever was, but. Uh, to to others, they would say, "Oh, this isn't going to be nearly as classic as a Star Wars." But but I but I see where I see where you're going. Um, it, it, yeah, this 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 had just a really wonderful, wonderful, wonderful arc. It, it brought in characters from the first movie and gave them completely new, shed completely new light on all of their actions. It's just so good, just so good. So I don't even know what else we can say without digging in deeper. So I think that's about all the non spoiler. Anything else non spoiler <laughs> you can say, Jeff? Um. Uh, hashtag Drax is Bay. <laughs> Drax, Drax was amazing. Everyone in this movie is Bay. They're just so good. That's I really true. love everyone. I can't. That's true. <laughs> uh, like this is probably. I mean, we don't have much to compare to in the way of like color palette, but this is definitely the the prettiest, most colorful movie in the MCU right now. Oh, for like, sure. You know, everybody's complaining that the the Earthbound. MCU movies are kind of grayscale, like everything's muted, matte, drab, sad, and uh, and this one doesn't do any of that. They shot it on amazing red or the the red cameras. Yeah, red by uh, I can't remember the company. I think it's Aura. Anyway, um, the cameras that they shot on are incredible, and they they produce so much color in this movie. 
Yeah, they're beautiful. I didn't get to see it in IMAX, which I was really bummed about. Oh, dude, you gotta go. Oh, I'm, I'm, believe me, I will. You gotta um, go. I had it's to so work. immersive. I had to work last night until ten thirty, and the early the the the, the IMAX showing was at a, was at ten forty five. So there's no way I was gonna make it, and so Ugh. I had to pack all my gear, get down in this uh, hotel. I was playing in a hotel last night. It was for a private event and it's just a big load in and load out. So I, the theater, it sucked because the theater was right across the street and I was like, can I make it 15 minutes? No, there's no possible way. Cause it takes 15, 20 minutes just to pack all my gear up and it just wasn't happening. So I got there by the 1115 showing, which was the worst possible showing. It was the 3d non IMAX. which is like, the worst, the worst part of the IMAX experience. Uh, although I did think the 3D was good, it didn't distract me, and uh, there were a few moments where it was really special, uh, really great 3D moments. So um, you gotta see it in IMAX, man! The, it is the, so worth it. The one thing I'm a little worried about, non-spoilery, I guess. Uh, there was no one in my theater. Really? Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure at the seven o'clock, you got to go to the seven o'clock. I'm sure it was packed. Yeah, I posted a picture on our Facebook wall of yes. all the nerds that were in our theater. I saw that. There was about six people in my theater. Wow. I was in the fourth row. So. I, I know this is an eleven fifteen showing, so it's the last showing of the night, whatever, but Yeah, I was I, at seven I, o'clock. I feel like a lot of the a lot of these big movies that come out, they fill up all those first first night screenings, or they at least get a pretty good showing of people. Um this did not. So I'm a little worried for our Guardians too. Uh um profits or whatever it's supposed to be on track to get about 150 million opening weekend domestically it's already broken over 100 million internationally wow wow that's that's pretty that's pretty for thursday that's really great um well it's been out for you know two weeks internationally oh that's right okay um yeah that's right so I, I think i hope it does well the thing about guardians one is guardians one didn't have the biggest numbers opening weekend but it continually... It has that cult following. So yeah, I mean, really, I saw really this big. movie. I just kept going back to see this movie. Uh, we were, I was on the DCEU cast this week. Um, you were. and Or the DC On Screen podcast this week. And they, and they talked about... Uh, we talked about... Apparently they're selling a Wonder Woman ticket. That's called the Ultimate Ticket. It's $100. And you get to go see Wonder Woman as many times as you want to. <laughs> You can just keep going in and seeing Wonder Woman, uh. Uh, which is kind of fun. Uh, and I was thinking, like, well, no, that's a stupid. You know what? If they made that for Guardians of the Galaxy two, I would probably buy it. You um, would buy it, and you would go and see it a bunch. Especially if you they live made in it, the theater. Especially if you could see it in IMAX, I would. I'd be there constantly. Oh yeah, I'd be there. I'd be there every day. I'd have a reserved seat with my name on it. <laughs> Yeah, well, the cool thing about that that idea of having the ticket is like even if you can't make a showing of it, you could just like go in for the last half. Like, you know, it's really fun that first scene of Guardians of the Galaxy two. I'm gonna go in for 20 minutes because I just have to <laughs> kill 20 minutes. You know, uh, I, I I would absolutely just be like, you know what? I've got I'm I'm in Hoover. I've got to kill 30 minutes waiting on a friend for lunch. I'm just gonna go in here and watch 30 minutes of this movie. Um, that would be kind of fun. I would, I would just for the like seat and the air conditioning, you know, <laughs> like, just go in, sit and enjoy wonderful I'll entertainment go. of guardians of the galaxy too. Okay. I think it's time I'll to go, go get my, uh, my bucket, my $4 bucket refill and then sit in the air conditioning. 
Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> get one of those refill buckets where you can get popcorn any day you want or whatever for free. Yeah, yeah it's man. like $4 or some crap. Yeah, it sounds like a good Anyway. Plan. All right, so Guardians of the Galaxy 2, let's, let's, let's get into the spoilers. Everyone, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you probably don't want to listen because we're going to spoil the heck out of it right now. Um, so let's do it, man. What uh, so Spoilers in three, two, one. Ego's the bad guy. Yeah, did not expect. What? Did not expect at all. Totally wonderful twist. Uh, it slipped oh. on my head. And it like, like that that scene where he is convincing Star Lord um, to be on his side, and Star Lord has those dark eyes where he he's having the vision, and he's pretty much convinced. Like, now he had stars in his eyes. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That was a, that moment is like so classic sci-fi, like turning, making the good guy believe you for a, it's just just making you see it from his, from the villain's perspective, sort of. Um, it was just wonderful. It was just wonderful, it was, and it's and it's star. It's it's Peter Quill's connection to the world, and particularly his connection to his mother, that prevents him from going through with that. Um, and, and that was one of my favorite moments. To, we'll, 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 kind of, we'll try to go a little more chronological, but let me just say, uh, after the movie, Alyssa asked me my favorite moment, and I think it was, too bad I had to put that tomb in her head. Oh, God. And then Star-Lord just unloading. The eyes. Yeah, the just, eyes. <laughs> just go straight back to normal, and he's like, excuse the what? And then just uh, unloads on him. Just, that, who the hell do you think you are? That was amazing. Amazing. <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, so, let's kind of get, get started at the beginning. Um, so the 1980. Spi- so, the Spider-Man trailer. I mean, no, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, nah, man. There was an Inhumans teaser. Oh, I didn't see in that. In the IMAX. There wasn't that in mine. Uh, uh, it was I'll, Inhumans in the IMAX, and I'll I was probably so see excited. That. I'll see that this weekend sometime. Like, I heard, I heard Maximus the Mad speak, and then... Like, I can't remember the character or the actor's name, sorry, but Maximus the Mad spoke and it didn't show anybody, but he said something along the lines of like, uh, or he, he said something including the words as silent as our king. And I lost it. I, I was the only one that knew exactly what was going on in the right. theater. That's I was awesome. like, ah! No, I didn't get, I didn't it, get that. Trailer. Then it showed the logo. Inhumans, and then said IMAX September 1st, and then other people were like, ah, yay! Nice. That's awesome. Uh, so that was the first bit of really excitedness that I had. They, they, and then, they, there was, they, then there was uh, the trailer for what, Spider-Man? The... Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, you go ahead. Uh, yes, yeah, Spider-Man was in there, Thor Ragnarok was in there, there's so much yep. Marvel happening yep. in the trailers. This year! Yeah, all of that this year. All of that this year. In theaters, there's three more uh, feature length uh, presentations in in theaters this year. <laughs> oh God, so cool! I'm so ready. Yeah, man. Uh, so, but let's get back to Guardians Two. Um, first scene was just so James Gunn. Uh, so so Guardians. It was just the perfect tone. Like uh, when. <laughs> This huge battle that we've seen pictures from all over, you know, all over the marketing, uh, this battle with this big beast. With the obelisk. Uh, the obelisk. Um, 
<laughs> but the entire time, the camera doesn't focus on the battle. It focuses on a dancing baby Groot. <laughs> it was just great. And I freaking love Blue Sky. That's so Mr. Blue Sky is one of my favorite songs from that era. And I just loved it. I was I was just uh, a lot of the songs in the volume one I enjoyed, but I didn't know them real well. Mr. Blue Sky is one of my favorite songs from that era. And it's just like when that kicked on and Groot started dancing, I was just so in. Just completely and utterly in. You're just like, yep, okay, here's all my money. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back I'll be here to watch this scene over and over. <laughs> I'll buy that that's $100 ticket that now. Would, yep, that's the scene that you would buy the ticket for. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And while I'm at it, let me just say, that's the character that didn't get an arc. <laughs> Yep. Groot got no arc, <laughs> but that was fine. Groot was not supposed to have an arc. Yep, it wasn't about Groot growing up. It was about everybody else finding their family. Yeah. <sighs> and then, well, Mantis didn't have much of an arc. Oh, I think she did. I do. Uh, like, her uh, breaking free... Uh, like uh, I was thinking about her. She has probably the least arc of anyone, but still her... Uh, deciding to go against ego. I'd say he- she has a, she has a hop. Everybody else has an arc, <laughs> right? She she had one major decision, and I think I, I think from the beginning when she meets the guardians and ha- and has the experience of uh, it, it sounds like she's been raised on ego and maybe hasn't inter- interacted with many anyone else. And so from the I beginning, mean, when did say that <laughs> when she uh, when she's um, <clears throat> when she is like uh getting to know the guardians i think that's her arc i think she's getting to know other people and hey like when she when she touches drax and says and laughs so hard and says i've never seen felt such humor um and then she starts laughing at star lord too (laughs) because she's seeing star lord through drax's eyes that's just so funny That scene, I was worried because that scene was so funny in the trailers, and I was, I was like, that's kind of sad that they they burned that scene. But there was so much more to it because he tells that whole story about his wife. I forget uh, Star uh, Drax's wife's name, Um, Off Off or something like that. I can't remember. Um, But she's he says she was she was still as if she was dead. Right. And I would become engorged. It would make my genitals engorge. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. There are those who dance and there are those who don't. And like in the trailer, that seemed like nonsense, you know, but when Drax says it it, with with, with the the, uh, context of his wife and him, like it actually made sense. There was actual like. Uh, heart to that statement that there are dancers and there are non-dancers. Yep, yep. Oh, man. Everyone else in the room was writhing madly, except for her. I knew from there she was the one. Yeah. It just just, uh, just made made so much sense. She wouldn't even tap her foot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Um, So, uh, Nebula was awesome? Nebula was awesome. Movie, uh, I felt so bad for her. I still don't think she she's still not a good guy. Um, 
she's she's not really a guardian at the end of this movie uh no, but but she, she is conflicted she's she conflicted. does have uh, she does have an agenda to beat the bad guy yeah she has an agenda to kill thanos that doesn't make her a good guy she's not out to save humanity or save whatever she's not she's not wanting to join gamora in saving the other little girls like them she just is a revi- she has a pure revenge plot and i'm totally in, i'm totally invested in her revenge plot Yep, um, yep. It's just great. It's just exciting because it, it adds like this third element, which is nice. It's like a villain, kind of an antagonist who is not the main villain. And it, it just adds another sect to this whole thing because you can kind of see how the Avengers and the Guardians are all going to come together to fight Thanos, but you're going to have this third uh, faction. Third party. Yeah, who's just there to kill kill Thanos. And I, I rewatched Guardians 1 yesterday, or most of it, and uh, Nebula... Nebula's just, like, coldness to Thanos is is pretty amazing. Yep, yep. Um, I, um, I, I was really invested in, in her in the sense of, like, can we... Can she please... I, I really hope she gets over this. I really hope that she can, like, resolve this and settle it and, and find that closure to that part of her life and understand that she does have a sister now. Like, please let her have that. And then she just walked away angrily after that hug. Yeah. She did put and, her hand uh, on her. She did, she did like give her a little affection. I think her and Gamora are in a good place now. I, st- I think they're in a, a, and a walking on eggshells. Good place. Sure. Well, I don't know. I think, I think from the moment that Nebula, put that sword in her face and was just ready to run her through and then couldn't, she realized something snapped in her and realized this is not my real enemy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that they're fine now. There's no more Nebula chasing Gamora through the universe, trying to kill her. That, that is resolved. They are sister. For, for <laughs> as, as tenuous as it is, I think they are sisters now. Yeah. Um, but which I mean is, is every sibling rivalry, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, but I think that she just has a she has a much more singular mission now. She's after Thanos, and I think that she's going to be involved in this uh, Infinity War somehow. Um, and I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're just going to set up this. This just puts everyone in such an interesting place. We know Drax wants to kill Thanos. We know Nebula wants to kill Thanos. We know Gamora wants to kill Thanos. We know just Star Lord's going to be along for the ride and going to be a badass. You know the one the one. Uh, the one thing I really wanted to see in the final credit sequence that I didn't see. A link to the Earthbound people? Nope, I don't know. Nope. Uh, you, you mean, no. Uh, what I wanted to see was Star-Lord sitting by himself on on the Milano and, like, flicking his fingers and creating a small spark. Ah, yeah. Uh, be like, I still have the light. Yeah, like, I don't, obviously, they can't give him as full of powers as he had on the planet, and according to his father, he, he has no powers now. But I want to see that, like, maybe his father was wrong, and maybe the light's inside him, and he has just, like, a little bit of it. Uh, that would be kind of cool. That would have been, like, that just this ominous, ominous little, like, oh, maybe I, can, I can't do what I was doing there, but I can do a little bit. Like, there's a little bit of spark in me. And maybe maybe he'll maybe he'll grow to use it. Maybe it's over. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because I mean, based on the uh, one of the post credit scenes, because there were a ton of those. Based on one of the post credit scenes, they're gonna have to deal without a Morlock. Yes, 
Uh, which I don't know much about Adam Warlock, but he's I know kind of a big deal. I know that he's a big deal, and I know that we thought we saw his cocoon in another in Guardians One, but apparently not. I wonder if it was, that it was a cocoon that was inspired by his cocoon. You know, whatever. Right. I wonder if in this universe, though, I wonder if that birthing pod that we saw open was another birthing pod of these golden people, like a previous birthing pod. Because you know, they talked about how. Uh, this is a new version of the birthing pod. This yeah. is the next generation of these golden, uh, these golden folk, <laughs> the golden gods. Uh, what are the sovereign? The sovereign. The sovereign. Are. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny that their uh, the sovereign you know breeds all of their people for very specific purposes and everything you know like everything's very directed. So they should be perfect and infallible, <laughs> but they're not. They never ever do anything right right it reminds me of the vulcans uh yeah, vulcans yeah. think uh vulcans in star trek think that they're all that they kind of think they have everything <laughs> under control but they're we got everything figured out yeah they're they have just as many sort of flaws as the humans do just different they have they have pride and they have uh all that stuff yep. that's working against them so I know I, we said we go a little more chronological i i guess i'm i'm kind of just picking characters because that's the easy that's way, that tends to be the way we go through these things. Yeah. So, uh, Gamora, similar arc, you know, so obviously we already talked about Nebula. Um, Gamora's, Gamora's arc was basically that of uh, <laughs> fighting her sister and having her sister, helping her sister to realize what's going on. And also, yep. also, and also understanding that she does have a secret thing for Peter Quill. Unspoken thing. Yeah. It's just some unspoken thing. It's just some unspoken thing. That was so good. I like that they didn't they didn't um, cap that at all. They didn't they didn't actually show them getting together at the end. Like that that really that helps. You know, it does, and it's it's exactly what Star Lord said. It's like, oh, you're just not speaking it. So it continues to be an unspoken thing. So that you're not lying by saying it's, there's no unspoken thing. I don't know. That was his whole little uh, spiel about that. It was kind of that by not speaking it, she like uh, remain like allowed it to remain the unspoken thing. This romantic ideal that <laughs> the, this romantic cheers ideal that Star Lord has of what love is. <laughs> Yep. I love that he he had so many old pop culture references in this one. Yeah. Like he he had a couple. He had some in the first one. You know, the Kevin Bacon thing. Um <laughs> I forget what I loved when Gamora talking about Footloose. I love when Gamora tried to say David Hasselhoff and she said like Cardu Handle Harn or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, David yeah. Hasselhoff. <laughs> it's just so good. He had he had a ship. No, he had a car, and it talked. <laughs> Help him fight crime. Like I love that there were so many of those pop culture references in there, and uh, it really, you know, it really drove home his his Terra upbringing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you think? Are we supposed to believe that Ego visited Star Lord as David Hasselhoff? <laughs> I don't know because I, I don't think so. Because uh, he, Ego says that he visited, um, uh, I forget her name, but Star Lord's mother three times. Meredith. Meredith. Okay, he visited Meredith three times. Um, 
and he knew that if he visited her a fourth, she would whatever. And then he says, I try, he at one point says, I tried to become a form that you would, uh, that you would, uh, whatever that you would connect to or something like that. And in that moment he transforms into David Hasselhoff. Which is a great cameo from David Hasselhoff. Right, totally. By uh, the way. <laughs> absolutely. And and I took that one of two ways. Either when Star-Lord was a young, young child, he visited him as David Hasselhoff to try to like connect with him as a young boy. And then... <laughs> what now? I said, or... Or he's just saying that his appearance as Kurt Russell was trying to be like the David Hasselhoff that he had as a child imagined his father to be like the long hair, the kind of, they have a similar look to them. Um, I I took that both ways and I'm not sure what they meant. (laughs) I'm not either. I could see if like, you know, Star-Lord went around telling his kids that he had David Hasselhoff as his father. Maybe he did that because David Hasselhoff once visited him in the middle of the night <laughs> and like told him <laughs> that he was his father. The way that he described it is that um it was it was just him saying that David Hasselhoff was his dad just as a coping mechanism. He knew that he wasn't. Well, is I, what it seemed like he was saying. That is absolutely what he was saying, but I could kind of see it going the other way where like maybe that's how he's justified it to himself cuz there's no way that he actually has a memory <laughs> of David Hasselhoff visiting him. That's that's just silly childhood stuff. But may, I I don't know. That that moment confused me. I wasn't sure what they were trying to say there. It could have yeah. gone one, either of those two ways. It's probably just the way that uh, Kurt Russell is kind of looks like David Hasselhoff in this movie. Uh, you know, he has the long hair. He's just trying to make him look. They just have a similar look to them. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Also, speaking hmm. of eighty stars, seventies and eighty stars. Uh, uh, how about Sly Stallone in this movie? Right. Oh yes, Stallone is Starhawk. I mean, Stakar. Okay, is Stakar Starhawk in in yes. the comics? Okay. Cool. Yes. Uh, I want a Ravage. His team. I want His team. Those Ravagers. Ravagers. That was movie. Guardians 3000. Okay. I want an earlier Ravagers movie. Like, I want a prequel to this movie real bad. <laughs> yeah. I want, a, yeah. I want like, a, the story of young Yondu being, uh, being freed by Starhawk and his team. And, like, uh, you know, that's what I oh, want. Uh, we get, you want the Guardians 3000 movie is what you want. Yeah, absolutely. I the do. Guardians 3000, they, they first showed up in uh, like 1969, and the guy that looked like he was made out of glass or crystal or whatever, like he was in that. Um, I'm assuming that the Michelle Yao character is um, one of those two original. Yondu was on the original Guardians 3000. Let me actually go to it. Let me find you a picture. The 1969 team. Uh, included uh, Martin X is that guy's name. Martin X Tanaga um, is the crystalline being from Pluto. Okay. And there was Captain Charlie 27, a soldier from Jupiter. Yandu Udanta, blue skin, noble savage from Centauri 4. Um, so cool that they included all of that. I know. Yep. I realized that they were just like making a call out to the fans. But the fact that they put Sly in there and made him such a he was every all the other characters were kind of like char- 
caricatures of themselves a little bit. Or, like, they were just kind of caricatures, like, look, it's a guy who does this and a glass guy and a this and that. Uh, yep. But Sly, like, had a meaningful arc in this movie. Like, his his returning to give Yondu a funeral. And I'm not, we might as well go ahead and talk about Yondu. Oh, um, man. Yon, I'm... I'm about to cry I was in tears. right now thinking about Yondu's <laughs> arc in this movie. Oh my gosh, when those Ravagers showed up and uh and Craglin cheers. Oh man. Uh, and then and then on top of that, we can't talk about that without talking about the also uh, the arc of Rocket Rocket. Um yeah. which leaves Rocket in a really great place where he knows the people around him love him. And we know that he's kind of over his whole loner thing, but he can still be an asshole that we, the asshole <laughs> that we love, because he knows that like the people around him love him, even though he's an asshole. Like he's um, a lovable asshole at that point, and he knows it. So, uh, so he's not being an asshole now to push people away. He's being an asshole because that's who he is, and he knows that the people around him love him regardless. It just this the the first movie brought them together, gave them all a purpose. They all had an experience that realistically tied them together. But this movie really made them family. Yeah, it did. Um, and this movie was only supposed to take place like six months after the first one, because we you know at the oh, beginning wow. it showed 1980, and then said 34 years later, so it was 2014 in the movie. So around the time that this this movie came out was uh, was when the Winter Soldier was happening. Okay, so this has this is earlier. Interesting. Um, yeah, you know, there's no connection to the the Earth Earthbound stuff, so it doesn't matter at all. The only, the only thing that's interesting about that is uh, we've seen other Earthbound movies since then, and no one's discussed the large like blob like life form that took over part of whatever Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, that, that's the part that was shot in Carrollton. You remember when we uh, saw yeah, absolutely the, the people running away from the things flipping the cars? Absolutely. Like this was that. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, "Oh yeah, we've seen this in the <laughs> long time ago." And we speculated about it being a ship or something. It was. Oh, yeah, we it was speculated something. about it them being them crash landing. Yeah, like maybe the end of the movie crash they crash land on Earth and or something like that. I can't. At first, I was a little annoyed that the first time they show that sequence, they only showed Earth. Um, in Missouri, it happening. I'm I'm glad that in the second time they went back to that sequence, and and when um, ego started spreading again, that they showed all of the different planets it was happening on. Because uh, yeah. the first time they only showed Earth, and I was kind of like, I get it, uh, I get it that we're all from Earth, but I kind of want to see uh this happen everywhere. Like, see, yeah, the I want to see stakes. it happen to the Kree. I want to see it happening on Nova. And they showed us. I'm that. sorry, on Xandar. Yeah, Xandar. Um, God, they're just yeah, building, they're doing such a great job of building the world. Like, even just like the building Z- a bunch of worlds, they're building the universe, and they, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Ah, uh, it's like I feel I get from this movie the same feelings I felt with Star Trek as a kid. Like, I want to know more about the Zandarians and the Sovereign and the this and that. And I, like, I want to know more from this universe. I realize there's lots of comics I could probably read and get some insight to some of that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And, and, and it is confirmed, I guess that he is a, uh, that Stan Lee is a Watu. He's not a Watu. Oh, he was a- talking to the watchers. Okay. Okay. He was, he was talking to them. Um, the, the running theory is that he is the one above all, or he's the beyonder. 
Um, I don't know that they're going to make him the Beyonder, though. Okay. But, you know, th- there's been a lot of contention on wh- who is more powerful because the Beyonder is this being who comes to the Marvel Universe uh, as he's basically the beyonder is the power of an entire reality into one being like he is all of reality and he comes to our universe or i'm sorry the marvel universe and sees like um all these people that are that he feels are incomplete they are going their desire is completion they want to feel whole like he feels whole but then he starts to kind of backslide on that it's like well maybe maybe i desire something like what what do i you know what? I want to experience. And he just goes around and starts doing everything, which kind of could go along with what uh, what Stan Lee's character is doing. He's just in every movie experiencing something, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, well, either way, it's neat that uh, we have confirmation that he's basically communicating with the Watchers, and he's... Uh, <laughs> he's reporting back it seemed like he's like he's like and then i was on a bus and i did this or something i don't know what he was saying i yep. forget he was talking about being a, a fedex employee actually that's right that that does kind of hmm, that does kind of put a, a timeline on things because he was a fedex guy in civil war Oh, so this has to be after Civil War. <laughs> this does have to be after Civil War. <laughs> huh. Uh-oh. Have we I'm found looking a too flaw? Deep into this. <laughs> yeah. We have found a continuity flaw. <laughs> That's such a silly continuity flaw. Um, unless, I mean, we don't know. We really don't have a solid time on a lot of this stuff. So Civil War could have been sooner. The whole universe could be a little sooner than we think. Um, no, yeah, civil war could have been sooner is the the big thing, but we know that um, specifically, Avengers happened in 2012 because so many things have gone back to say you know like uh, in Agents of Shield, for instance, um, Talbot said I was there in 2012 when the sky opened up. Okay, so we have like one solid piece of timeline, we, and the rest we is, know one solid point. We have to work around it, um, but this is apparently after Civil War, so it's apparently I guess current current marvel timeline um <laughs> and that's why nobody's talked about it yeah 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 okay so let's get into more more character stuff because that's what i'm i, I just I, man it's just so good just so good uh we, we we've talked about Groot, we've talked about rocket we've talked about yondu uh we didn't talk about yondu and his parentage situation which was a big which which a big part of star lord's arc as well um the fact that we realize he yondu's been shipping babies for a while now yeah well he was and i think he stopped when he well he uh, stopped with quill yeah he stopped with quill like he was shipping babies and he says uh when i realized what he was doing with them i couldn't take you to him um and so yondu thought he was shipping babies which uh was against the code but he thought he was doing it for good like uh you know for for good um and then he realizes, or at least for he was taking the money, you know, he wasn't wasn't yeah. looking too closely um, at the children he was kidnapping. I guess he was kidnapping. Um, it, it's it's interesting that his father wanted to wait till after the death of the mother. Of course, now that now that we know that he killed the mother, uh, you know, God, that's still hurts. did he kill all the mothers? That's just real dark. Ugh. Well, no, he he killed her because he he had to so that he could continue what he felt his mission to be 
Like, yeah. if he didn't kill her, then he would have stayed. Man, that's such a great turn. Like, the darkness of that. Like, the darkness of... He he visited her, had a baby with her, all that. Uh, seemed like this sweet sort of storyline. And then you see him just doing it all over the galaxy. And he shows, shows so many versions of him. And it just starts to look like this weird orgy um, of him and all these other aliens. <laughs> and it's just like... It was just a perfect, like, sinister sort of, like, and then I, I tried again. I, I kept trying to have children that would, that would maintain the, the lineage of the Celestials. And, uh, man, God, it was just so good. That it, moment. Know, it just, ego again, is a fitting name. <laughs> yeah. Ego has such a cool science fiction uh, arc to him such a different i've never seen that before um and in a way i have i have seen that before i've seen like life that wants to extinguish all other life and wants all life to become it like that's that's been a thing before but the the specifics of him um were were interesting and cool and uh he it, it just a great arc when he plants that plant at the beginning of the movie like just uh, yep. it's just yep. all it took cool. root quickly like oh He's so cool. <laughs> he's still he's such a cool character, and and the way that they like because you can't pull off. There's no way that they could have pulled off comic book ego in in a movie form because comic book ego is like a planet. It's like a it's a planet sized yeah. organism with a mouth and eyes like the size of you know the Grand Canyon basically. Right. Like that would not have worked. Right. Would not have and worked I mean, at all. They, yeah, like they didn't have to. They did it in such a better way. It's such a better way. And in a way, they they even like it's not like that ego couldn't have existed in this universe. Like he has the ability to create that stuff, and so he could have created a planet. Maybe at some point in his building up of the planet, I, I kind of wish they'd shown that. That would have been really fun. You know, when they showed him building the world. Yeah, it would have been nice to show like a layer that had like a mouth and eyes on it. <laughs> well, it did when it zoomed out to the to the large planet. There was a um, a glowing part that looked like mouth and eyes. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I didn't see that. You got to see it in IMAX, man. It makes it really pop. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. Um, so the Ravagers were amazing, um, and I guess uh, Drax most of his most of his. Uh, his arc dealt with Mantis. Um, he he and Mantis seem like a match made in heaven to me. Yeah. <laughs> Even They're both just so awkward. Yeah. I really enjoyed him and Mantis. Um, oh, God. When he was talking about how he took his daughter to the forgotten the forgotten pools on their planet. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Mantis touched him and just started weeping. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That, that got me, oh. man. Because it's... It's the pain that you can't see. Anytime you see, like, in a movie, a man going through such pain, or a woman, and and it doesn't matter who, just a person going through so much pain, and they, like, can't, they're not expressing it, and then you see a glimmer of their pain, like, what they're actually going through, and you realize, oh, man, there's so much pain under the surface. Somehow, that holding back of the pain makes it more powerful, more... More painful, more lonely, maybe. And so yeah. the Mantis touching him and expressing with her raw emotions what he's going through. <laughs> that was that was 
Uh, it's like the storm under the surface of this like stony-faced, silent, lonely Drax. Like just, dang, I'm, it was good. I'm getting real sad right now. Yeah, it was really, really uh, great. Uh, this movie, man, it's great. It's great. It's I have. Um, uh, I'm I'm a little annoyed. I watched. I, I I stayed away from reviews and all this stuff. And I was listening to a podcast that was not related to Guardians of the Galaxy. It was some other movie podcast. Um, and they just jumped into a review. Like, the guy was like, yep, saw Guardians last night. And he gave, like, a little two-sentence review. And I, I paused it and immediately shut it down. But, like, I got the, his little two-sentence review. And he he didn't like it. Um and he gave a specific reason. And so it kind of annoyed me because going in, I had this one sentence of like of bad whatever floating around in my head. And I kept like looking for that problem. And it really it kind of tainted my experience a little bit. I was a little annoyed at that podcaster for <laughs> like I know he didn't give spoilers, but he just gave his like his own quality judgment. And I was like, I wish you'd give me a little warning for that, because I didn't want to know. Uh, I don't want to know what you think. Yeah, I really didn't. I like going in fresh on these movies that I just know I'm going to care about and they're going to be special to me. And I, I was, I had such high expectations for this movie. Um, and it, it re it really just met them. Uh, uh, and, and maybe even exceeded them. I, I was, I was worried that I just wouldn't be able to recapture that same experience that I did in the first one. And I think I, I think I did. I, I really think that I saw, um, the, 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 the amount this movie affected me both emotionally and, and the humor was just wonderful. Um, it, it affected me the same way the first one did. And that's hard to do. Cause that first one is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it just really great movie. Just this yeah. was, this is great. Cheers to James Gunn. Cheers to Marvel. They did. They did it again. Really, really great movie. <laughs> you done it. Good job, everybody. Of, uh, you, we, we do this podcast every week because we love Mar the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But this is my favorite corner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and just to just to get another two and a half hours or whatever of this is very exciting to me. And I want I want to see it again. I want to. I'm just. Uh, it's just become it's one of my one of my favorite movie series of all time. It's really great. Mm. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Uh any other characters we've missed that we haven't discussed and we want to touch on before we finish up our first 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 impressions review? I know it's a it's a first impressions review, but we've gone about <laughs> we've gone like forty five minutes. <laughs> um I like Craglin with the fin. Yes. Craglin with the fin is really funny. Yeah, um, I don't know that that's going to be a continuing thing, but it's, you know, oh god, you know the. Um, Do you think Craglin is a guardian now? He could be. <laughs> uh, I think it's really funny if he is. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like he hasn't earned. Well, he it did in call Peter Captain. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. And when he did, I was like, oh crap, is Craglin sticking around? Uh, I, I, I would assume so. It's James Gunn's brother. Um, it's like he killed <laughs> off every other Ravager from the first movie, and he like left his brother alive on the Guardian ship. <laughs> uh, yep, all of them got uh, either decompressed in space. Which was so sad. All of Yondu's actual uh, loyal men... Except for Craglin, which Craglin, poor Craglin, just like standing up for himself or standing up for himself in that moment, incited a 
a mutiny that killed all of his friends. And that just, yep. that was super sad. And he said, I didn't mean to do a mutiny. I didn't mean, like, to, oh. I didn't mean to do a mutiny. Oh, <laughs> Craglin. Jeez. Ugh. Okay, sorry. So yeah, sorry. I, I'm, yeah, you're right. We forgot to talk about Craglin, and Craglin is was was awesome. <laughs> Craglin had his own arc. Craglin did have his own arc. It really, really was uh, just a wonderfully crafted movie with so much going on, and nothing felt nothing felt unimportant or unearned. Um, just so many, so many great character arcs, and so many great moving parts and fun things to watch like the the action sequences were so much fun yeah uh, like not only did, did it have a, a great character arc for most almost every character but like the spectacle that went along with it was insane yeah the like the final fight between peter and and ego was crazy like yeah. dragon ball z level crazy it really was it really was the freaking pac-man moment the pac-man moment. i cheered so hard for the pac-man moment i wanted With more of that people i yeah yeah there was there were like six people and no one was no one was laughing or cheering as hard as me um <laughs> the the pac-man moment was amazing <sighs> i wanted more of that he said, i'm gonna build some weird shit man. <laughs> so good i'm gonna build some weird shit i want to see that world so bad i want right? to start, i want to like jump forward a hundred years and star lord has realized he's immortal and he just has his own ego planet and he's like building built his own thing and it's just like a uh, just a monument to the 80s. It's, By the way... Uh, it's an amusement park straight out of the 80s. I know I can't get credit for this call. I know that I can't get credit for the call that I made in the middle of the movie because it's the middle of the movie and there's no proof. But as soon as Yondu died, my first thought was, I wonder what music he left <laughs> for Star-Lord. <laughs> that was my first thought. Yep. Because um, I was like, he has another dead parent, so they can end the movie with another touching music music gift. And I was like, I that's what they're gonna do. That's amazing. And <laughs> and and I was like, he's gonna leave him an iPod, and it's gonna be great. And then it turned out to be a Zune, which was way was, better, <laughs> way way better. It's a Zune. <laughs> I want a Zune now. I want a Zune. Now. I feel like Zunes could make a comeback just based on Star Lord wearing one on his belt. You know, I missed my Zune. I had one for the longest, and it got stolen at one point, and I just, I miss it. Yeah, Alyssa, my, my girlfriend said the same thing. She saw it, and she's like, my Zune was my favorite thing, that I, like my favorite music player I ever had. I've heard a lot yep. of people say that, so, yeah. Maybe, good- maybe maybe they'll make a comeback based on Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anything we're missing, I, I know we're missing stuff. Uh, everybody please send in your reviews of this movie, like your thoughts, your takes, your things that you want us to discuss. Cause we are so excited and we'll do another cast this week. We promise. Yeah. Well, are we going to get all your the, feedback? Uh, are we going to get on the breaking the panel episode? Yes. Breaking the panel is going to do a full guardians of the galaxy talk. Um, and, uh, table discussion. and we're going to do another one where we, where we at least do your feedback if, and, and probably just gush some more. Cause we, yeah. and, and get, dig a little deeper into whatever you guys want us to dig deeper into. So, um, and we'll go see it again. Yeah, we'll see. I'll see it again before, uh, we, this week's podcast recording. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk, we'll talk off, off air about when we'll want to do that. But, um, yeah. 
We'll, we'll make it work, and we'll get it to you guys this week, along with the S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Um, we're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Uh, if you want to know about my personal music that I'm working on for my new album, check, check out matthewcarrollmusic.com. I am uh, getting ready to make an album, and if you go there and put in your email address, uh, you'll find out more info, and you'll also get some free tracks. So check that out. Um, and uh, we, we will be back with you next week with lots more <laughs> stuff. Were- if you want to help with the house that I just bought, you know, send me some money for paint. You know, <laughs> let me know on Facebook. I'll send you a link. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> donation link to Jeff come forthcoming. Um, all right. Well, uh, well, actually, we are, we, are, we are looking at starting a Patreon soon so that we can just We've keep this. We've been talking about doing a Patreon. We have. Um, we just want to keep be able to keep this more consistent. And uh, honestly, a little cash would help us do that because we have a hard time scheduling these things around all of our work stuff. Uh, and so it'd be kind of awesome if we got a little bit of, a little bit of value for value. Uh, if we, if we're adding value, we love it. We love it. If you want to send us some Patreon cash. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to work on setting that up this week. Um, we, we appreciate all those who've asked us about it and asked us about how they can support. And we just haven't really offered any avenue to do that. <laughs> and then we end how can up, we, we end support up, you. We, we don't want you to get out of here. We end up with I weeks. Need your blood money. <laughs> we end up with weeks where we just can't get together. And, uh, you know, we actually probably could make that work a lot better if we were, uh, if we had that support that people have been asking us to provide a venue for. So we'll do that very soon and, uh, uh allow you guys to, 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 to chip in a little bit and make the show better. We just spent a bunch of money on making the studio better. Um, so we're, we should be, we're still, we still haven't installed all the stuff, but we should be making, uh, having a little better sound and better, uh, better environment for the podcast. We got like so much sound insulation. It's insane. Um, <laughs> so we'll be, we'll it's be too bad. We had to Skype this one. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to neighbor Wilson you. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been nice. Um, <laughs> Instead, uh, I gotta go neighbor annoy my new neighbors. That's cool. That's cool. We'll 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 be we'll be in studio for this week's uh, full cast, which I always I say full cast, although this one was almost a full hour. So <laughs> I, I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, we will be back with you later this week with more more Marvel Cinematic Universe content. Uh, peace. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.